Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo. You're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Herman Harris and Rendicia Fletcher about their innovative approach to sustainability, food security, and affordable housing. It's a model that could lead to big improvements in the urban core. Today is March 7th. My name is Tom Heath. And you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here at 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, and always available on your iPhone or Android by using our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app, which you can get from your respective app stores. On the show, our email address is contact at Life Along the Streetcar. You can head over to Facebook if you want to interact with us over there. And we invite you to check out our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org, for any past episodes. You can also get the podcast through Spotify, iTunes, or ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. Well, we're going to start today with a little bit of a housing shortage. In my... uh, non-real estate, uh, I'm sorry, my non-radio uh, days, I, I'm involved in the real estate and mortgage markets. I know you probably think this show is so successful that I can just maintain my living off the revenue, uh, but no, I do have to supplement that income by working a job during the week, and it's in the mortgage business, and with that, I get to see a lot of uh, uphand, uh, up-close, first-hand experience with people trying to purchase homes in this market, and I'll tell you it is a challenge. A lot of people are moving to Tucson. They're relocating. It's a great place to be, and that creates a shortage of inventory, which is making it difficult to uh, get your hands on a home if you want to purchase it. We do have a lot of rental properties coming into the market. If you're in the downtown area, the Rendezvous Urban Flats, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a couple weeks, uh, they just came online. The Flynn is close to being completed. And just outside of downtown in that Broadway stretch known as the Sunshine Mile, there have been proposals that would allow for buildings up to 16 stories tall uh, if they were to be used for housing and ideally affordable housing. Now, state law prohibits mandating affordable housing in these projects, but you can certainly incentivize developers to do so. We're going to keep an eye on that because the Sunshine Mile, just outside of downtown, while it's not quite on our streetcar path, certainly is going to influence the downtown and urban area. So again, in a few weeks, we're going to have the folks from Rendezvous on to talk about their project. We're going to keep an eye on what's happening over at the Flynn, Sunshine Mile, and these other projects that are coming online. There's actually quite a few. We might do a show just on those development stories. But today... Our feature presentation is really uh, about affordable housing in a different approach. A few weeks ago, we had Mike Peel from Local First Arizona, and he talked about the success that the Scale Up program was having. And he mentioned one specific project. He actually mentioned several, but one that caught our attention was a project by Herman Harris and Rendicia Fletcher. It's a combination of affordable housing, sustainability, food security, financial security. It's It's a really interesting project that they are working on. They're in phase one, phase two of this project at the moment. And once it's completed, this concept of the urban forest that they are working on is really going to create a blueprint 
for how you can use small spaces in the urban core to facilitate sustainable, secure, affordable housing opportunities. It's an interesting partnership, and uh, we, we spoke with Herman and Radicia by Zoom a few weeks ago. And I got to tell you, their story is quite amazing. They're amazing individuals. And uh, we actually have turned this into a two-part segment. So today we are going to hear about Section 1, which is really their background, why they're doing what they're doing, and a little bit about the project. Next week we're going to talk about some of the advanced uh, details of the project, uh, as well as the funding and uh, opportunities to support. So I hope you enjoy this uh, interview. I surely enjoyed uh, speaking with Herman and Radicia, and they're uh, really good assets to hear, have here in Tucson. Uh, my name is Randicia Butcher, and this is my husband, Herman Harris Jr. And we are the founders of the Urban Forest Project. And this project's goal is to reduce the heat island effect by 20 to 50% in urban areas by providing sustainable low-income housing, by building green walls, green spaces, an edible food forest so that our clients that live on the property don't have to spend as much money on um, grocery bills. So everything is sustainable on the property. And then their their light bill and their, all their energy bills are uh, less expensive because of the way that we're building our properties with WaterSense, Energy Star. And so their energy bills are way low just that's keeping the cost of living lower for them. Well, we, we came across this project through an interview we did with Mike Peel and the Scale Up program with Local First. And, and that's kind of what he was talking about your efforts as, as one of the successes that they're building on. And, and we're going to get into that project because it's, it's just the impact and the potential for, for the urban core uh, is tremendous. Before we... Um, before we dive into the project, I've got to know a few things about the two of you because you've got an interesting background. You're from opposite ends of this country, and yet you come together. You're once from California, once from Pennsylvania, and you end up in Tucson, uh, changing the, the way people are going to live in the future. So, how does this happen? Um, well, I can start. I'm, I'm really from a city called Chester, Pennsylvania, it's a very small city, suburb of Philadelphia. Um, I spent the first 19 years of my life there. Uh, after that, I joined the service, the Army. Um, spent almost 10 years um, in the service, uh, four active, six National Guard. Um, did one tour overseas in Iraq and Kuwait. Um, and my National Guard service was out here in Tucson. Me and my daughter came out here, um, and that's kind of where we made our home with my father. He had lived out here. Um, and, and from there, uh, never, never went anywhere else. Never made it back home. And, and about what I came out here in two thousand one, and I met my wife here in 2015, 2016, something like that. We went to the same church, uh, and then we. It, it was funny. We had a conversation on Mother's Day and, and asked her what she wanted, and she said, "Well, you know, I kind of like appliances and men to do things." And I said, "That reminds me of my mother." Uh, and then we just had a conversation about that and it just kind of took off from there. Um, uh, the story of why we do what we do is uh, when I was very young, uh, my mother was a victim of domestic violence 
Uh, so we just spent some time in the homeless shelter and, and you know, being, being moving from place to place and worrying about lights and worrying about food and worrying about safety. Um, when I bought my first house, there was a huge uh, concern of mine that I would never sell it. I always wanted it to be for, um, you know, battered or sheltered women or, you know, single, single parents, single mothers of, of children. And I always wanted it to go to something like that. But when I linked up with my wife um, and she'll tell her story, um, both of our stories clashed. And so our hearts uh, from where, from what we, from what traumatized us as youth were, were very closely linked. And so we decided if this is what we're going to do, we can make a business out of it and, and support our people and, and do something great and ensure that not only us, but our family never experiences what, what we had to go through as children. And so that's kind of what started the, this whole project of, of why we do what we do. And I came out of um, Los Angeles and as a young child, I think around five years old, my mom and the dad that I grew up with, um, my stepdad, but I don't consider him my stepdad, um, both were heavily addicted to crack cocaine. And so we ended up downtown Los Angeles on Skid Row. Um, we experienced bouts of homelessness up until I was a teenager. And then um, we moved into certain areas in um, Los Angeles where it was replete with uh, drug viol drugs and violence. And, um, and still, we were very much so housing insecure, food insecure, financially insecure. So um, it was just a dangerous space because the ramifications for children who experience such things are, are, are grave, you know, from molestation and um, second generational homelessness and just lack of education and that, and just mental health issues as a whole. And so like, I, I still have a brother here on the streets um, here in Tucson actually, cause he came out here, but his mental health issues are, are challenging. My mom is very much so transitional and she called recently and she's, she's on the streets. And my brother, older brother, is transitional as well. He's in a hotel. So it's just we weren't really able to get it together as a family. And there was no time where there was fruits and vegetables and fresh things for us. You know, we got food boxes. We got unhealthy foods. And we were able to eat. And we were truly grateful. Um, but still seeing our family, and that's not just my siblings, but I've had nieces and nephews who've experienced the same insecurities in their lives. This, it, 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 it seems ridiculous, but it's generational. So this is generational poverty. And so when I initially started my, my doctoral work, it was on, um, if you change people's uh, mindset and their way of life and their surroundings, will they be able to change? And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I change, but my brothers and my mom, they're still kind of out there still. So it's, it's stressful to know when you get that phone call. Yeah, I can only imagine. And you know, it's interesting is when I first heard about the project and I heard the term sustainability, I looked at it strictly from a, an energy type of, of a perspective of sustainability. But what you're really talking to is, is, a, is a, a, a life sustainability, a financial security, right. food security, safety or addressing all this, I don't know if it's fixing, but addressing all of this stuff is, is really sustainable. So can you give me an overview of, first of all, the, the, the urban forest concept, and then let's talk about what you're currently doing and then what, what you plan to be doing. 
Yeah, so originally the, the urban forest concept was just to um, take, take, take housing, take houses that we already had or take a house that we already had um, and then uh, re, uh, like rebuild it in, in such a way where, uh, you know, you didn't have to pay $275 for electric. Um, utilize it in such a way where, you know, you didn't have to pay, you know, $75, $80 for a water bill. Uh, and so that was the that was just the initial premise of of what we were what we were doing, um, and then from there, once we linked up with Mike in the um, in in the scale up project, they introduced us to, you know, well, not only can you use the building materials, but then you can utilize what you already have, so you can plant the trees, and and then how do you do that, and you, how can you reutilize all the resources that you're already having? So if you're utilizing heating user for multiple systems. And so that was really just the original premise of, of the urban forest was just taking housing and making it affordable for people like us, which, you know, didn't always have money or didn't always have food or couldn't always afford certain things or struggling with healthcare, had a lack of education. Like every strike that was against them, it was just, it was just another barrier to them just living, uh, just a normal, healthy, um, uh, just you know, so-called American lifestyle. So that was the original, uh, the original idea of what we were trying to do. So for me, I've been a planter for a long time, and I've done experimental or test planting, as I call it. So I've been looking for ways to grow in the desert. And so, like we have, you know, I've tried with water ponds, growing in water ponds, and I've I've done that. I do that. Um, I have aquaponic system. And I also grow in the ground and grow in um, some planters on the patio as well. So investigating those four ways of planting and being able to eat basically what I planted and being able to feed my family off of it. It has saved us money. Well, we are in really what's uh, part one of a four-part segment with uh, Herman Harris and Rendicia Fletcher about their urban forest, sustainable housing, affordable housing, food security project. And uh, as we mentioned, this is going to air today, uh, parts one and two, and then three and four will air next week. Well, I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. All right, we're going to get back to our second uh, segment here with Herman and Rendicia talking about the urban forest concept. Before the break, got a lot about their history, why this is so important to them, and some of the ways that they are uh, working on it. And, and we're going to pick it up here with Rendicia talking about the uh, the different ways in which she is growing uh, uh, food on the uh, project site. Different ways is because one way may not be sustainable for someone else. So one person may have a patio that may need to plant in pots. Somebody could plant indoors by using an old fish tank and um, some buckets and just do some PVC plumbing. And then other people like the whole idea of just having a water fountain on their, their little patio and they could just put some fish in there. And so I have some fish in there. And so the fish fertilized the pond, the fish fertilized the aquaponics. I used the water from the pond to feed the plants. And so um, feed the plants. <laughs> just, oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. You got to feed the plants, feed the cats, feed everyone. <laughs> the bird was going off. But yeah, so we've just been using everything in order to 
make things grow the best way they can. And then teaching other people, hey, you can grow this too. We have some beautiful greens and um, radishes right now. And I have um, sugar cane growing in my pond right now. So I rooted sugar cane. I went and purchased some sugar cane from Food City, chopped it up. My kids were really upset that I chopped that, that sugar cane up and threw it in the pond, but he rooted it. And now we can plant it. You, you've referenced on a couple of occasions uh, the farm. Is that where you're, you are now? Is that, what, is that what you're working on now? Or where are you doing all of this work? Uh, so a lot of the things that we start are currently here at our, at our new home address. Um, and then we'll take those. Um, and and if, if they begin to work and, and we can we can see it as a part of the, um, the phase one and two project of the urban forest, we then take them from here and go over there and, and set up set them up over over at the uh, the urban forest address, and then we actually have two gentlemen that are currently there. Um, that the, a, a huge part of their culture is um, to cultivate from the ground and to grow things and to and to already be sustainable to a certain level. Um, and so we take it, we bring it over there, we plant it for them, and then they just kind of maintain it and take care of it. So we've already started. Um, on a low level, uh, uh, on a low level, the urban forest project. But what we have, you know, you'll you'll soon find out is very much bigger than than small plants and, and outside cultivating of, of vegetables and things like that. Well, let, let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about the new project, the new location. You don't have to give the specifics at this point if of the location, but tell us a little bit about what you're attempting to do in these first couple of phases and, and where you see this project. Uh, you know, a couple of years down the road. Oh. Okay, so um, so within the first, uh, we're in phase one and phase two, actually. So phase one has been rehab the houses over there and make sure everything is energy efficient. We have the inter- water sense toilet, putting aerators on the faucets, the shower heads. Um, we're, we need um, support in regards to um, changing the windows out to energy efficient windows because that's going to be a huge deal to save some energy. We're changing the, the light fixtures along to in order to accommodate better lighting in there. Um, also, the air conditioner, we're looking to um, um, get some support with a heat pump. So we definitely need that. Um, as we do that, we already have a plan through watershed management for the outline of the forest. And so it has all the spaces where the trees go. We have the shrubbery. Um, Pop Cycle is advertising for us this week and uh, hopefully we'll get some um, donations with some edible trees and shrubs. So we don't just want any old tree. We want edible trees and shrubs so people can go out there and like they now they can go out there and pick, they can make mint, they can make mint tea. They have um, fig trees over there. They have collards and radishes and um, peas. They also have peas over there. Um, there's a variety of cactus that they can cook over there as well. So that would be like the first and second phrases, but the land is big enough for us to build. So a couple of years down the line, we want to be able to build that a three triplex or fourplex. If we do the fourplex, plex to go up, but the triplex would be able to do a two bedroom, one bedroom and a studio. And we want to be able to um, offer that housing to people who were in situations like we were in, but be able to provide them with uh, a bike rack next to the bus stop, shade, food, energy efficient living so that they could keep their costs down while they live there. 
And so that's very, very important for us. Yes, the grocery store is across the street, but why not have those collars instead of paying a dollar seventeen across the street for collars? You have them right here in your yard. And so that's our long-term goal is to continue to build um, a housing project, another housing project next to the one there on that land. But we want to be able to replicate this as well because it's important. The model that we're creating, like you were talking about, to be able to move that there closer to downtown. And there's lots of space available for us. We just want to be able to plant the trees to do it. In the location where you are now, if I remember correctly, you were saying there is no vegetation. There are no trees. This is like a just a, an empty space really yeah it was originally one tree there uh when we first bought the house um but it ended up dying due to a lack of uh a lack of being able to be watered so we had to actually cut it down uh and once we did that we realized how much it it, it, all, it was shading half of the house that was already sitting there and so you notice the difference um in in the usage of uh, electricity trying to heat or uh, electricity and gas trying to heat and cool the house um, and so now it's just basically a blank slate and, and we were blessed enough to have enough room to say, okay, we can not only renovate the house that's there, we can not only build new construction there, but then we also have enough room to do all these sustainable things like utilize the runoff from the water cistern uh, that Watershed Management created. We have enough room to plant new um, edible trees and trees for shade. Um, we have enough area to put um, uh, rechargeable stations and bike racks. So things that where, you know, instead of using a car, you can either use the bike or use a, um, an energy efficient vehicle, things like that, where when we first started that, those things weren't even on our radar. It was literally just saving people money. But once we got connected with the right people, uh, scale up local first, Mike Peel and those and, and all his crew, um, they really opened our eyes to, you know, we can do so much more. Um, and so we really took that idea and, and as, as their program says, we scaled it up from, from what we imagined to something that, you know, I, I wasn't even sure it was possible when we first started, but we just kept going and, and with everybody's help and assistance, uh, it's looking like it's going to be a reality. So we're really excited about it. Um, it's going to take some time, but we just keep plugging it. Well, keep plugging away. That is uh, Herman Harris. We're also speaking with Randicia Fletcher uh, via Zoom a couple of weeks ago about their urban forest project. Uh, as we've talked about a couple of times, this is a two-part episode, so you want to tune in next Sunday for the uh, second half of this interview. Amazing people, the really kind, giving individuals that have a, a story that is remarkable, and their motivation is, is wonderful, supported by Local First Arizona and others here in our community. So looking forward to hearing some more of the advanced details of that project next week and also ways that you uh, can, can jump in and help them. Well, my name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, we are uh, wrapping up here, episode number 141. This is the first half of our project uh, segment on the urban forest. I'll have second half next week, so I hope you do tune in for that. Also coming up, we're going to keep with the housing theme and uh, talk about the Rendezvous Urban Flats. That'll be coming up in two weeks as we have uh, the, uh, the folks there talking about that new project and the local contributions from the developers and owners. And as the, we round out April, we have Ashley LaRussa on March 28th talking about her endeavors through Rue events and Blacks Friday. 
there's a big event coming up on the 31st that we'll be excited to share with you. So that'll be coming up in a few weeks. So March is pretty well packed with fantastic uh, guests, and I'm, I'm excited to, to speak and share their all of their um, all of their stories. Well, you might be in the know. You know, you're listening to a hyper local show. So if there's something out there that you think is uh, a hidden gem, something that the rest of us should know about, shoot us a note. You can get us contact at lifealongwithstreetcar.org. We're on Facebook. Uh, it's really pretty easy uh, to get a hold of us. And if you do have a social media account and you're highlighting things happening in Tucson or you know someone that is, uh, tag us or share it with us on our Facebook page. We'd love to uh, connect that audience with ours and uh, continue this uh, collaborative approach. Well, I'm excited to be in the month of March because of all of the guests that we have, and I'm excited to be on Downtown Radio because of all of the phenomenal DJs and volunteers that we have. So head over to our uh, uh, downtownradio.org website, and check out some really cool shows, get some bios on these amazing DJs, and uh, maybe hit that support button because uh, we are an all-volunteer station, and uh, your support really means a lot to us. Well, we have talked a lot about home today, so we're going to leave you with a song. I hope it's not too mainstream for downtown radio. It's from a TikTok sensation, uh, Edith Whiskers. Uh, it's her 2020 single called Home. Have a great week, and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. <laughs>